welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with you as always. And in today's show, I'll be going over the massive news coming through the NFL. Trade news, signing news, extension news. There was a lot happening over the past week. As we approach free agency, I'll also be doing a fantasy football tight end recap. So, of course, we've done fantasy position recaps over the past few weeks. I'll recap the top tight ends this week after we did the top QBs, RBs, and wide receivers in the weeks prior. But first, of course, it is time for some huge news because this is when the NFL offseason really gets crazy. We've had a ton of trades, signings, extensions, and all of that. And this is when it really, again, gets fun. So what's going to happen here is this week we'll go over everything that's happened in terms of franchise tags, in terms of various moves and acquisitions that teams have made. Next week, free agency will have started. The tampering period and the signing period will have begun. And there will be lots of news about lots of various signings throughout the NFL. So that's what the whole next week episode will be uh um, designated as, as always, is just free agency bonanza. It's always like that every single year, and it's always a ton of fun to talk about news and notes for the, throughout the whole episode. So I'll go through the moves for all 32 NFL teams and uh, go over their implications, talk about some other news that hasn't really happened yet, but that's very, very interesting in regard to the Aaron Rodgers situation, and then talk about tight ends real fast at the end of the show. So thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to follow on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast. Second goal fantasy at gmail.com is where you can send your fantasy questions. Let's get started. In the AFC East, there actually wasn't much for fantasy football. Most of the moves were on defense. Of course, the Dolphins did make a big trade for Jalen Ramsey, which is going to make them good in real life, but that doesn't make much of a difference for fantasy. In the AFC North is where it gets interesting. Lamar Jackson got the non-exclusive franchise tag. It's going to pay him a little over $32 million a year. means that teams have the right to offer him a contract and give him an offer sheet, and he can either decline the offer, or I mean, he can decline or accept the offer, and if he accepts Accepts Baltimore either must match the offer to retain Lamar Jackson on a long-term deal or let him go, but they get two first-round picks as compensation. This is really a smart move for the Ravens, in my opinion. I think it obviously pushes the contract down the road for Lamar Jackson, which might mean they have to pay him more in the future or that Lamar won't want to play for the Ravens because he's going to play under $32 million next year if no one signs him. But it appears that right now, no team's really willing to offer an offer sheet to Lamar Jackson. Maybe they don't want to have to do all that work just so that the Ravens can extend him. So I think they're trying to leave the Ravens as difficult of a spot as possible. Basically, the Ravens are shifting the contract burden to other teams saying, we're not close, make an offer, we'll decide whether we take it or not. But it's interesting, the team still has the ability to fully decide what they do with Lamar Jackson. And I think there's a very good chance he could play under that non-exclusive franchise tag next year. In the AFC South, the Houston Texans signed Robert Woods to a two-year, $15.25 million deal. I believe the reason he could have been signed was because of his buyout, so it was like separate from the rest of the free agents. But now he goes into an offense with Brandon Cooks. Obviously, the Texans likely to either have Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud next year, so there is some upside for Robert Woods in Houston next year. I do like him potentially as a wide receiver three type of candidate. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes. For the Jaguars, Evan Ingram got a franchise tag. Obviously, he's going to stay there on the non-exclusive deal unless he gets an offer sheet somewhere else. So if he stays there, he'll probably end up being a tight end one for the future. I'm, uh, And he'll be interesting in this Trevor Lawrence-led offense where Jacksonville has really put on a show as of this year, lost in divisional round, did really well on offense. And we'll talk about Ingram later as well in the tight end part of the episode. AFC West, Josh Jacobs got the non-exclusive 
franchise tag. So again, same sort of situation as Lamar. There's been a lot of non-exclusive franchise tags this year, but Josh Jacobs could stay with the Raiders. That is a big signing. I don't know if there's going to be a big market for him as a lot of teams don't like to spend out big money for RBs, but I mean, the Raiders are going to pay him a good bit this year. And if he gets an offer sheet somewhere else, he could go somewhere else, but he looks really good. His his prospects look really good as an RB1 for the future with the Raiders. For the Cowboys, Tony Pollard got about 10 million bucks from them for the non-exclusive franchise tag. This was a shocking move to me, even though it's non-exclusive, even though other teams can sign Tony Pollard. I couldn't believe they paid him so much, given that he seems to still be their backup RB. They seem to be still committed to Ezekiel Elliott. And Tony Pollard, even if he was their starting RB, I don't think is worth that contract. If you're going to pay that much for an RB, I say just go get a Kareem Hunt or sign Josh Jacobs to an, a, a contract or something. It was a really strange move by the Cowboys in my eyes. I did not agree with it whatsoever. New York Giants, they had a busy offseason. I think, are you happy if you're a Giants fan? I mean, I'm, I guess I'll ask any Giants fans that are listening. You guys can let me know. Are you happy with the Giants' moves this offseason? I think it's pretty exciting to see both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley be wrapped up. Danny Dimes got $40 bucks a year. That shows you QB inflation. Uh, it shows you the QB inflation that's going on in the market. I tweeted out earlier that QB inflation is a plague on society, and it's going to be crazier and crazier until teams decide, you know what, a franchise QB really isn't that important. So basically, never. Like, team contracts are going to keep getting higher and higher. Barkley, meanwhile, got that non-exclusive tag that I feel like we've been seeing so much more of this year than in years past, where, again, he could sign an offer sheet with another team. But, I mean, you know, the Giants going to look to probably, I mean, there's, they're probably going to look to extend him at some point. It looks like a good chance that Saquon Barkley stays in, with the Giants. I don't know if he's going to have much of a market anywhere else for a big deal. Um that's it for the East in terms of offense for the ANFC North. Oh yeah. The Chicago bears. Oh man. They traded out of the number one overall pick. They got a lot. They got a heck of a lot. I really like this trade for the bears because as we know, they're at the number one overall pick, but they already have their quarterback of the future in Justin Fields. So they traded out of the number one pick to the Panthers in exchange. They got the nine overall pick this year, a second rounder this year, a first rounder next year and a second rounder in 2025 and wide receiver DJ Moore, who finally has somewhat of a serviceable quarterback heading into next year. Obviously, there's some concerns about Justin Fields, but you know what? He's by far the best quarterback that DJ Moore has played with in his career. I am psyched for DJ Moore. When we saw Darnell Mooney do so well in this offense with Justin Fields, and obviously he was a little more inconsistent this year. I, I mean, I think it really goes to show that DJ Moore, who is, in my opinion, an underrated receiver, will really take that next step. And Fields, in my opinion, is going to look really good next year. Fields had no weapons, no line, and still looked solid last year. I think with DJ Moore, and if the Bears can make some moves, use these picks wisely, they can look really, really good. But I love the trade for Chicago, and less so for the Panthers, but we'll talk about them later. Actually, we'll talk about them right now, because the Panthers were the next team to make a big move in the NFC South. They traded up to the number one overall pick. Looks like they're trying for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. They might be looking to actually trade back out of the number one pick and get more hauls. They're bouncing all around the draft board right now. But for the Panthers, now they don't have Christian McCaffrey or DJ Moore. They really don't have very many options on offense anymore other than like Terrace Marshall. It's going to be a tough rebuild for the Panthers, but they are going to get a quarterback of the future. So, I mean, Marshall's going to be got to watch out for, for sure. Um, it's, it's just going to depend on who they end up signing. Maybe they will end up signing a guy in free agency. That would probably be ideal for the Panthers. Whoever they do might step into a potentially very, very massive target share role. For the Saints, they picked up Derek Carr. I'm trying to remember if we talked about this last week or not, if we talked about the um, 
Derek Carr signing. I don't think we did. So I'll talk about it now. Derek Carr signed a four-year, $150 million contract with the Saints. He got a lot of cash, got a lot of money, got a lot of guaranteed money too. He is up there in age, going to be almost 36 when his contract runs out. But this, of course, is going to help Michael Thomas if we end up seeing him on the field and healthy again. Um, it will help the other receivers there, Chris Olave mainly. But I think Michael Thomas and Chris Olave can both be supported by Derek Carr. This is definitely a QB upgrade. The Saints, I guess, still want to win now, but they are in cap heck right now. Like they're in some major trouble in terms of cap space, especially after all this guaranteed money they're tossing at Derek Carr. Juwan Johnson also resigned. Maybe he'll get a few touchdowns here and there from Derek Carr. Be the new Foster Moreau for Derek Carr in this offense. Heading into the NFC West, the final deal was the Geno Smith signing. Three years, $75 million, max value of $105 million. Geno Smith didn't write back. He wrote a contract extension, though, and he signed his name on that bad boy because he's going back to Seattle. Good to see Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf will probably be mid-tier to back-end wide receiver twos for a few years to come. Good to see Geno having a career revival, and I think this was the right move for the Seahawks, maybe the best value out of the three big quarterback signings that we've seen so far, not not including the Lamar one, because that's, of course, still up for grabs. He's still got franchise tagged. There's still a lot to happen, still a lot of free agents that we're waiting on, but stay tuned next week because it's going to be so much fun to talk about. Last piece of news before we jump into the fantasy tight ends, Aaron Rodgers linked to the Jets, hasn't made his decision on retirement or not yet. I mean, for all we know, he could have by the time you're listening to this show because this is really hitting a climax point. So I that's why I wanted to talk about it because um, I, I wanted to make sure that I was getting that out there because if I remember, I think the car news happened on Monday last week or Tuesday, something along those lines. So if you were listening to the show, you're probably wondering, why didn't I talk about Derek Carr? Well, it was because I recorded in advance on Sunday and I'm recording this on Sunday. So I don't want to miss out on the Rogers implications. Obviously, if Rogers retires, we know the implications of that. But if he goes to the Jets... I mean, hey, Garrett Wilson could be a top 12 wide receiver next year. Elijah Moore could see a revival to be a wide receiver too next year. I'm really, really excited to see. I mean, even Corey Davis would be really good on the Jets. I think Rodgers would instantly vault the Jets. Obviously, I mean, this isn't a shocking take, but into deep playoff contention. Elijah Moore could end up being traded, but if he doesn't, he could stay there and get some serious targets. And I think Garrett Wilson especially is going to be a receiver that Aaron Rodgers will love to have. He finally gets to play with a first-round receiver if he goes to the Jets. Maybe that'll be his decision on whether it would make his decision on whether he retires or not. So that is all the news, and there's going to be so much more next week. I really can't wait to talk about it, as you can tell. But let's talk tight ends first. These are the top tight ends from fantasy football last year. I'll talk about their outlooks next year. Tight end one, far and away, 15.9 fantasy points per game. He finishes as a tight end one almost every single season. It was Travis Kelsey. You should be drafting him as the tight end one in the future. Be drafting him in the late first round, early second round of fantasy drafts consistently because of that positional edge he gives you. He gives you a positional edge of several points per week on various other tight ends. That is such a good way to eliminate as much much of the left factor in fantasy as possible and really get some good cushion from Travis Kelsey every single week. He occupies that single position. He gives you an advantage again a positional advantage every week whereas even star wide receivers don't always do that or star running backs Travis Kelsey is consistently up there in the top tight ends every single week he is fantastic the tight end two on the year is interesting TJ Hawkinson got benefited from a midseason trade I think we see him remain in the top five next year he definitely got his fantasy value boosted with the Vikings had some top 10 finishes for sure And with Adam Thielen gone, really, really liking the status of TJ Hawkinson for the future with this Kirk Cousins-led offense. Tight end three on the year was Mark Andrews, 10.3 fantasy points per game. He fell off a little bit. 
Obviously, the touchdowns came down a bit. He only had five this year. And Lamar Jackson, of course, missed some games. I think this is probably representative of what we'll see of Mark Andrews, maybe a little bit better next year. But of course, it was expected that he'd come back down to earth a little bit after a meteoric rise last season. He'll still be a top tight end. So will George Kittle. Kittle at the tight end four actually averaged the second most fantasy points per game out of the tight end spot. But of course, he's dealing with a lot of various other targets. He deals with some injuries sometimes. And of course, with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Christian McCaffrey out there, George Kittle will have some big weeks. Like he'll have tight end one, tight end two weeks, but also three weeks outside of the top 20 after, after the bye. And of course, when McCaffrey came in there in, what was it, week eight? I don't know if he played a ton of snaps in week eight, but again, um, Kittle, of course, did have some inconsistent weeks for sure where he was letting you down. So he'll probably be a boomer bust guy in the future, but he'll put up some points. Now this is strange folks. The tight end five on the year, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill. I mean, is he really even a tight end? Who knows? He's classified as one and he had four, three top five finishes in the final four weeks of the fantasy season up to week 17. And again, if I forgot to mention these tight end rankings are half PPR and exclude week 17. Hill had some horrible weeks. He had three weeks, four weeks of the uh, five weeks. Sorry. Actually, no, four weeks. If you exclude week 18, which I literally just said, sorry about that. Four weeks. If the with the top 30 or fewer finish. I mean, he had some real inconsistency, but sometimes if he'd run for a lot of yards and a touchdown, he'd be really good for you. That's the definition of boomer bust. I think it's going to, I'm trying to figure out like where you even draft Taysom Hill. Is it, is it very valuable to have a guy who can either like tank your week or win you a week? I definitely think it is, but you're going to have to draft some consistency on the rest of your team. If you want to deal with Taysom Hill as your starting tight end, but Hey, this guy was a top five tight end in fantasy. I think that's a fact that a lot of people will forget in years to come. And Evan Ingram was the tight end six. Again, very, very consistent. I think this is a guy we can expect to be here for the future. I, I, I would expect him to stay on that non-exclusive tag or get an extension with Jacksonville. But late in the season, he really turned it up. Had some big weeks too. 162 yards against Tennessee. Like him a lot for the future. Last four tight ends, Pat Fryermuth, Juwan Johnson, Tyler Higby, and Dalton Schultz. For Fryermuth, he's only 24 years old. I think he's on the rise and should see a good leap. And now in his third season with Kenny Pickett, obviously Pickett's not the best quarterback situation right now, but Fryermuth only had two touchdowns. I expect that to go up and tight ends definitely take a little while to develop. Now that Fryermuth has more experience in the NFL, I think he gets better and better. Juwan Johnson, I think is really going to, probably have a major fall off. He had a lot of games where he got a big touchdown streak that saved him seven touchdowns on just 65 targets. I don't think that's totally sustainable. Again, he had six weeks with inside the, or five weeks inside the top five fantasy tight ends also was very inconsistent. I think with Carr coming in, actually it will be interesting, but I do want Johnson still a guy I'm not taking like as a top 10 tight end next year, maybe as a borderline top 12 guy, but he's pretty nebulous heading into the year. The tight end nine was Tyler Higby. He was interesting at times. Obviously, Matthew Stafford likely to be back there next year. Again, inconsistent, though. And the Rams offense in general was just pretty anemic. It's going to be the story with a lot of these guys. If you're not like Travis Kelsey, you're going to have a lot of inconsistent weeks. Same with Dalton Schultz, the tight end 10. So he is actually likely to be a free agent or he's going to be a free agent. So he might sign somewhere else other than the Cowboys. If he goes back to Dallas, I think we see more of the same from him. Probably a high target volume. He had 89 targets last year, but just some kind of ho-hum production. He'll end up in the tight end one range. 
Depends on where else he goes, though, because if he goes to a place that already has an established tight end, we might lose a lot of Dalton Schultz's fantasy value. I feel like the Cowboys is really one of the best case scenarios for him in terms of fantasy if he resigns there. So that wraps up the episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Don't miss next week. You know what's happening next week? Free agency. We're going to talk so much about all of the free agency moves. You don't want to miss it. It's one of the most fun episodes of the year. Be sure to follow on Twitter at Calvin Nunes Chris. GF at SGF Pod for the podcast. Second goal fantasy at gmail.com is where you can send your fantasy questions. So thank you all for tuning in. I tried to see as fast how fast I could speed through that. I think one of these days I'm going to go through that whole line, like literally as fast as I can possibly say it to just see how 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 quickly we can get to it i think every single week i probably do it quicker and quicker in terms of the pace i'm saying that those last few lines at but thank you all for tuning in can't wait for next week i'll see you all next time have fun with free agency have fun with march madness and college basketball too i'll certainly be watching that but hope your team gets everybody that they want and more thanks for listening and i'll see you all next week